Yo. Hey, man. Hey, I think we figured it out. Oh, about time, man. It's about time. Yeah, crack the code. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. What are you, what are you trying to start off with this? Um, well, first thing I remember writing notes on was the Blake Griffin trade. So we start there. All right. So uh, you want to do it like a little brief introduction on, uh, you know, you and, you know, what you're oh, well, trying to do? Oh, well, this is the first one. So, yeah, let's um introduce ourselves. Yeah, you, you go ahead. I, I'll, I'll give you the floor, man. All right. Um, name's Joshua Maynard. Currently living in Greenville, North Carolina. Recently married to my lovely wife. Um, hey. you know, <laughs> doing this. Decided to do this podcast with my frat brother. Word to the Neo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just want to talk about some sports. Get some different opinions going. Yeah, man. So my name is Tashawn. Um, you don't need the last name, but um, from Jersey, from North to be exact. Uh, you know, I, I always had an interest in sports and, and current events and whatnot. But this originally started like sophomore year. Uh, you know, Josh and I went to the same school and <clears throat> started out as a TV show. But the way things are going now and in that culture and, and social media and things like that, you know, podcasts are kind of sort of the way to go right now. So I think this is a be an awesome plat- uh, platform for us. You know, we always in the group chat or text messages, <laughs> each other going yeah. back and forth on a bunch of different stuff, man. Y'all going to be able to see it here. But, um, yeah, same, same fraternity, man. You know, he was definitely one of the influencers uh, for me to be able to join the fraternity. But we we were cool since before then. So you know, That's right. Exactly. So we, we've been cool for a long time. But, um, yeah, man, let's get it started. You already mentioned, like, the Blake Griffin trade, man. I, I, I'll start but just by saying I was actually playing staff hoops um, at my job when I, when I actually found out. And it was, like, in between one of the games – and I actually kept my phone in my pocket. I usually don't keep my phone in my pocket when I play basketball, but this pocket had a zipper. I had the little <laughs> – I wasn't fully prepared, <laughs> but I had, like, the little Adidas pants on. They had a little zipper, so I was like, I'm going to just keep it in my pocket. But um, in between winning the games, you know, taking a W for sure. But um, in, between, <laughs> in between winning the games, I saw my notifications blowing up. And I, I got the Bleacher Report app. I got ESPN and whatnot, and all, both of them just like, oh, Blake Griffin tweeted about this. I'm like, wait, what is he tweeting about? So now I look, I'm like, yo, they said he tr- got traded to Detroit of all teams. And then, mm-hmm. they, you know, it was um, him, Willie, Willie Reed, um, and I forget the third guy um, from the Clippers going to the trade for De- Tobias Harris, uh, Avery Bradley, who we just learned like a couple of days ago was on a trading block. And a, a bunch of picks. <laughs> so I think it's a first round and a second round. I don't know what years, but it is one first and one second. Yeah, for sure. And, it's, and that, they always sprinkle in, similar to the, the Nets-Celtics trade a couple of years ago, a lot of different picks that at this very moment don't really seem like much. But I'm pretty sure a few seasons from now, we'll, we'll see how, how big that comes out to be. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I thought it was kind of crazy. Um Personally, I, I I thought I would like to think I was one of the first to say this. Detroit just turned into a worse version of the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, injury prone, not as good as Chris Paul and Reggie Jackson. 
And then you got obviously Break Griffin, but he's years older, not as athletic as he used to be. Uh, a little bit better shooter and ball handler, a little bit. Um, not as athletic. And then you got Andre Drummond, which, I mean, I guess he's better than DeAndre in terms of scoring the basketball, but defensively, no. Rebounding, I mean, it's a wash. They're kind of both the same, but definitely not as athletic and uh, mobile. You know what I'm saying? So I thought it was interesting. What do you think? Yeah, um, like you said, I do think they're, like, you know, in all honesty, like, kind of a worse-off version of the Clippers in way of, like, you know, how the teams build and just personnel on the team. But at the same time, you know, you got to look at it like uh, they're in the East, man. So it's like, while that might not get you in the playoffs in the West right now, mm. they'll be at least like a five seed next year, and they'll probably compete for that last playoff spot this year. Which if Philadelphia is still trusting the process, then, you know, they probably will get that eighth slot. But overall, I thought both teams kind of won because the Pistons have been bad for so long. And they're one of those teams that's like, uh, you know, before they broke up that nucleus they had, like, you know, they kind of was competing, like, very often. And they've just been, like, one of the worst teams in the league for so long. So I think they kind of need this to just kind of get back going in the right direction. And I think the Clippers did a really good job of, like, building toward their future because I thought they should have blew it up before Chris Paul left because they really got nothing for Chris Paul. I thought they should have blew it up before he left. Yeah. I forgot what season it was. I was saying that the Clippers needed to, you know, change things up a little bit. But I think it was the year they went against Portland. So it was a couple seasons ago. They went against Portland in the first round. And Chris Paul and Blake got hurt in the playoffs. And then Portland ended up winning the series. And Portland went up against the Warriors in the second round, which was a mismatch. But I think after that season, I was like, all right, man, like it's, we, we need something else. Man. I was <laughs> I, I was never really a big fan of Lob City and all that other stuff. Like, it was cool. But I always was like, they're missing something. And, like, I was never, like, convinced that Blake Griffin was good enough to – you know, when the game is close and you need a bucket, you can just give it to him. Because, you know, Chris, as good as Chris Paul is and as great as he is as a point guard, like, he he needs that guy that you could just go get a it's bucket. kind of like LeBron, but smaller. Exactly. Smaller, not as athletic. I mean, even LeBron, if you need somebody to go get a bucket, he'll do it. LeBron can go power yeah. through a bucket. Yeah. And, and so – I was never convinced that Blake Griffin was that guy. I'm not the biggest fan of his style of play, especially now that he's not as uh, athletic. But, you know, it's interesting that they went now. And all these rumors you hear about DeAndre and I think since the offseason, when the crazy offseason that we just had, you know, he was on the trading block. And the first person to go is uh, is Blake. I, th- I didn't see it coming. I was actually really surprised. Um, yeah, he's the one I thought they would have kept, like, even more than Luke. Like, for real, I thought they kept him before they kept Lou just because, like, even if, like, I mean, like, because, you know, they're a team that's, like, even if they're just in the mix, like, just to be in the mix for the Clippers is good and got a guy in Blake Griffin that can be in commercials and on posters. So I thought they'd at least try and keep that for, like, the marketing side of the game. But Yeah, and that's another thing, man. Who yeah. Are the, who do the Clippers think they are? <laughs> <laughs> Who do the Clippers think they are, man? Getting off, you just had this guy. He was about to leave, man. He, was, he could have went to Boston. 
I think he was entertaining Phoenix. People were making rumors about OKC. Like, there was plenty of other teams that he would have been better off going to. Actually, was- there was a rumor that um they were trying to get him to OKC for Paul George, but I don't think you know, Oklahoma exactly. City was willing to pull the trigger. No, which I'm right, yeah. yeah, you're right. That, that just happened, uh, you know, recently. But what I'm saying is during the offseason, they could have just added, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if they had the money OKC did, but apparently there was, there was a chance he still could have just went to OKC without having to trade anybody before Paul George got there. And then maybe who knows if that Paul George trade happens after that, but that would have been fun to see. But um, I say all that to say, man, who do the Clippers think they are? Right, okay, cool. You get rid of Chris Paul. I get, I get it. Like, he didn't want to be there. Signed and trade. Got a lot of pieces back. Nice. But this whole Blake Griffin, the, you, know, you you heard the story about them, like, pretending that they was, you know, retiring his jersey to get him back and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, like, who do these guys think they are? That's like <laughs> if – um. That's like if the Cleveland Browns started trying to, like, you know, I mean, like, you know, like the thing with the uh, NFL, like, you know, um, same thing with certain teams. The Giants doing what they doing with Eli, it's like, you know, their name's got a prestige to it. So even though it's not something that you would want from a quarterback that's been playing for your team that long that bring you to the Super Bowl, it's like they're the Giants. They know what they're doing. They got that prestige. If the Cleveland Browns do the exact same thing, it's like, yo, who do you think you are? This guy brought exactly. you the most that you ever had. <laughs> Treat him like this. That's how the Clippers are. I don't know if there's any Clippers with a retired jersey. I got to look that up. Um, but well, they are, well, there are, but I, I don't think there's too many that are, like, retired as Clippers because I want to say they were – um, like, because you know, they've moved from different cities and have different teams, so I do think they've got retired jerseys, but it's not a long list of players. Like, they might be retired jerseys, but they're not Hall of Fame players. Oh, okay, fair, so fair enough. Like, Danny Manning, I know he was, you know, one of their you know, big picks back in the 80s, but I'm like, man, come on, man. Like, you, <laughs> you <laughs> this, this is little, probably literally like the your best franchise player, you know what I'm saying? Best and, pick. Ever had as the Clippers? You just you you just signed them to a five year max deal. You know what I'm saying? That was y'all big push. That's what you was trying to sell season ticket holders. Hey, we got Blake Griffin back. And is a good pieces for Chris Paul. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) for them to just trade him out of nowhere, I'm like, what? You had the fiasco a couple weeks ago with the whole secret tunnel stuff. Oh, that Chuck was hilarious. <laughs> Yo, it's like Chris on, Paul saying. Chris Paul trying to play backdoor Betty. <laughs> that was hilarious, man. I I I I was kind of upset that I had to go to sleep. I didn't know that all that happened, but I woke up to it. Um that yeah. would have been fun. That would have been fun to be on Twitter at, at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> over that. That would have been fun. But yeah, man, you just you trade them away and then you can I actually went to school with Tobias Harris's brother. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, went to Providence. But um, we went to high school together. He was okay. And, he, you know, that's how I first learned about who Tobias was when Tobias, like, on Magic or something. He was, like, a rookie or something. Yeah. And Tobias is, is developed into a pretty solid player, like, for real. He's a solid player, and yeah. he's young, too. So that's why I said, like, I feel like they did good in building towards their future because in him and Bradley, they got two guys that, can be there, kind of show the new guys that they're going to bring in. Because I think now they've got like two or three first-round picks 
for like one year coming up. So yeah. you'll have guys that are like not too old, but are still veteran kind of guys that can show them how to play. And these guys are solid guys. So yeah, I, I, I mean, very good for themselves. Yeah, and I, 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 to be fair to the Clippers, I see where they're coming from. I see why they do yeah. it. You know, did it, you know, I guess Blake was like their best. Nobody really trying to get DeAndre, a 30-year-old center who can't really do anything offensively. And it's, we'll be losing his uh, athleticism soon. But um, I see the whole oh, thing. Oh, no, Dan Hilbert, Mike. That way they'll have three first-round picks in uh, exactly. L.A. Selfishly, I'm I'm really hoping for that trade, but um, I don't think man, it would do them good. Clippers over here bugged out, man. They over here talking about, you know, I don't I didn't hear their reasoning for doing a trade, but I, I've heard stories about them doing it so they could clear space to sign LeBron. And oh like, man, <laughs> LeBron, LeBron had told y'all from from the get go, he not going to the Clippers. He he not that he not that thirsty to get to L.A. Just to go to the clipping. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Chris Paul left, it was over. It was over. Exactly. And even if Chris Paul, he could have had the whole banana boat and he would have been the last piece. And I still feel like he, like, I'm not going to the Clippers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, if the whole banana boat was there and, like, Blake or DeAndre was still there, I think he'd have went. I don't know, man. I honestly don't think so. I think at this point in his career, he looks at um, – certain prestige when it comes like um and the clip I mean, had that man. Oh, true true cuz you know see that's why I could see him going to play for uh Philadelphia I could really see that I could see that too but the thing is now again I've taken into consideration a lot of stuff the coach like he not going to Philly to be coached by Brett Brown like that's well, he's not going anywhere to be coached by anybody other than Greg Popovich, so that don't matter. That's fair. And he, you saw he tweeted uh, – I follow him on Twitter, but he, he tweeted uh, a couple of days to happy birthday to Pop, and that he personally thinks that he's the best coach ever, which is interesting. Well, I do think there is one other guy, and I'm not just like, you know, being a fanboy because I'm a dookie, but I do think he would also play for Coach K if Coach K came to the NBA. He not. I think he would. I think if Coach K had spent a couple seasons in the NBA and showed that he could do that, then he would do it for sure. And I'm not saying that Coach K can't. I'm just saying I think LeBron – He hasn't done it. Yeah, like he, I think LeBron would want to see what the well, guy – at the same time, Lou hadn't done it. I mean, he kind of cut his teeth as an assistant, but – he did, and the thing was that that was LeBron's guy. For, for, for whatever reason, I get it. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, LeBron had a relationship with I him. Same that. thing with, like, I, I'll give even Coach Fisdale, uh, David Fisdale, that just got fired from uh, Memphis a couple uh, months ago. Well, they go back to Miami. Exactly. So, you know, Fisdale only had, like, one season as a head coach, but I could see, my, I could see LeBron, you know, going to a team where he's the head coach, for sure. And I think a lot of it, too, with LeBron is that he wants to coach – um, that he respects, but he also, I think, he wants a little bit of say so when it comes to certain things. Um, and I think with a guy like Ty Lue, with a guy like Fisdale, he'll get that say so that he's looking for. But meanwhile, the way it's set up, there's not too many coaches that'll have say so over him, to be exactly. honest. It's not too many, but Pop would be one of them. But I do also feel like Pop would kind of work with him, but uh, yeah. And uh, we kind of got off on the tangent with the whole yeah. 
<laughs> with the whole Clipper thing. Long story short, at least for me with the Clippers, man, I thought I see why Detroit did the trade. Like I get it. Like you said, they they haven't been too relevant for very long. I think they made the playoffs like one side of the last like seven. I think that was last year too, and they got ran yeah. in the first round. No, that, that was actually a couple seasons ago. It wasn't even last year because that. Was I thought it was like, in the first round last year. It was the it was um like two three it was like LeBron's first season in uh back in Cleveland. Okay, uh, okay. That's and I, I I remember because Stanley Johnson was a rookie and Stanley was talking real crazy about how he not scared of LeBron and and whatnot. Um, hey, you ain't gotta be scared. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah. So they haven't really been making the playoffs like that, and then they don't really have a superstar like you know Andre Drummond's cool. You know, you know, he he, he kind of has a name in the league, but Blake Griffin is a superstar. Well, I'm not even gonna say superstar; he's a star in the league. And well, he's a star in the league. He's probably a bigger superstar, like outside of basketball, than a lot of other guys. Yeah, exactly for sure. So more more recognizable name. You know, what I'm saying he's gonna sell jerseys. I think I just saw something that said his jerseys are already sold out. Um, Hopefully they can bring some toughness to him because, like, I don't know. It's just like I didn't see him going this way whenever he first came into the league. It's like he got softer. Oh, Blake? Yeah, I feel like he got softer. Uh, you're not going to see an argument for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially when he got the little back and forth with guys like Ibaka. And, um, yeah, and, you know, guys – just get away. I mean, like, you know, a guy will hack him and just get away with it. He don't do no stare down or nothing. It's like, you know, like, you like you know, if something happened in the game, LeBron or Russ or somebody, they'll, like, buff their chest out or they'll say something. Not, like, you know, Draymond type stuff. Cause, like, you know, he kind of goes overboard. But I'm saying, like, you know, like, they'll let it be known, like, hey, I'm here and I ain't no chump. But yeah. he foul, he put his head down, walk to the free throw line. <laughs> he does, bro. <laughs> the, few times, fire. the few times where he actually did have a little bit of like problem with something, um, for some reason nobody was scared of him. <laughs> like exactly. nobody, they was willing to test it. And, and it's funny because Blake ain't a small dude, man. Like, <laughs> nah, he's not funny. So I guess they're looking at him as a pretty boy. I don't know if like you know. His complexion and ethnicity has anything to do with it. That's what people be saying, man. I don't, I don't fall, I don't fall for it. Um, because they try to say the same thing about Steph. I don't really fall for it with when, with those things. I think Steph. Well, the difference is Steph is a finesse player. Yeah, and but he's a shooter. But 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 you see, like, cause Russ, Russ ain't like the darkest skinned dude in the in, in the league. But people ain't going. People know Russ ain't no chump, <laughs> whether you think he's a good <laughs> yeah. basketball player or not. So I think it's that's why I'm like, yo, why people don't respect Blake like that? I think, I think they see him as a clown. Like I think it's a lot of it is we don't, us fans don't see like the behind the scenes of certain players. And yeah, I think early on they looked at this dude like, yeah, he a chump. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't think care. It goes into how like they kind of pampered him whenever he was in LA too. Yeah, especially when he's the It's like he never had to have that chip. You know what I'm saying? Like, Russ always had to have that chip. Even LeBron had to have that chip. Like, even though he came in as, like, the anointed one, he still had that chip of you will never be MJ. 
So he still had to play with that edge. Like, I just don't really see that edge from Blake like that. And that's crazy because even whenever he's throwing down monster dunks, I still just don't see the edge. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of his best dunks are him throwing it in the in the uh in the rim, which yeah. to me, you can make an argument that that in itself is is a sign, a sign of aggression. But you know, um, that's it. Because people think Dwight jump too for some reason. <laughs> I've seen I've seen that firsthand. People think. I mean, well, I think they think he's soft because of playing hurt and all that kind of stuff, being hurt and all that, but. I'm telling you, I'd much rather swap hands with Blake than Dwight. I'll tell you that yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I see Dwight look like a like a rock man or like a like a I don't even know what to he say. On that stone. Yeah, he he just he just don't move. Like I seen dudes try to push him. U.S. military <laughs> certified. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's funny, man. So I mean, yeah, I think we both agree that we saw the reason, you know, for the trade. Yeah, you say both teams won. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm I really think won overall, but just won in terms of what they wanted to get doing. I I personally feel like at least for, for Detroit, I think they were aiming for mediocrity. Um, they know they're not. They yeah, which I I can't consider that a win. <laughs> I can't. I can't consider it's that a win for them, bro. <laughs> it might but, not be a win for me, but it's a win for them. Yeah, which. Because, you know, they just moved back to D- uh, downtown Detroit. Because of a minute, Auburn Hills, like, apparently, is not uh, – it's like the suburbs. So, they're back in, you know, Detroit, downtown Detroit. Every time I watch the game, I had to watch a couple Pistons games this season. And uh, for some reason, that that's, the crowd is, is light, <laughs> real light. <laughs> yeah, they should say that at the Palace. Yeah, so. But uh, what's, what's, what's next, man? Um, what, was, what was the next thing that we, we had talked about? All right, well, we can stick with basketball and talk about the ball family, or we can segue to football, do Super Bowl predictions and season review. Uh, I mean, we could, we could talk about the balls for, uh, for uh, a second. I, what, did, what did you want to specifically? Because actually, no, I got it. <laughs> so you heard <laughs> what he said recently. <laughs> he called Coach Kerr Millie, Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Hell, uh, <laughs> what's my man's name? Uh, the guy that got kicked out of Cleveland during uh LeBron first go round. Uh, not bo- not booby kicked out of Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Um, he got uh, fired. It, w- it was Brown. Was it Mike Brown? Mark Brown? Oh, yeah. The coach. Yeah, coach. Uh, he was the coach. Yeah. You know he coached them to twelve and zero in the playoffs last year, right? On Steve Kerr. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, facts. Yeah, the only game that they lost was in the finals, and Steve Kerr was the coach. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, all right, and then didn't somebody else coach them to? Um, I forget the coach. Luke, uh, Luke Walton. Luke Walton had a good run with them too. Whenever Kerr was out, so I mean, you know, I will give Kerr this. He did kind of give them like you know that freedom to play with, and he does manage the egos, like because you know Steph. Steph went to being a maybe he's an all-star, maybe he's not to being, like, best player in the league in the eyes of some people. It's not my eyes, but in the eyes of some people, those two years, he was, like, best player in the league. So, like, I do think 
with the way the game played and the way he was managing egos and on top of what Mark Jackson already built defensively, because if they had to go with Kerr's defense, they wouldn't be this good. But, um, you know, I think on top of all that, it's like, hell, look, look, look like LeVar might could come in and coach them to like a 20 game win streak. Honestly, <laughs> I might. <help. laughs> what, what LeVar's style of running gun, that could very well be a thing that he might actually, with those type of players, you know, have a, a crazy run as an amateur coach. But, um, and I was thinking about it last night or when I first heard about it. And I'll, I'll put it like this. When it comes to people giving Steve Kerr credit because, you know, he won the championship. And ever since he's been the coach, they never won less than 67 wins, which is crazy. But Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the season before he got there, they were, they did win 54 games, which is pretty elite. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some there's some teams. I don't, I don't know whether he finished in the West that season. But there was some teams. Probably four or five. Like yeah, like, you know, some teams can win the East and only win 50 games. So 54 is not something to sneeze about. And this is a right. young Steph, young Clay, young Draymond. Like, Draymond wasn't even really getting burned. It was really David Lee um, and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Oh, so, yeah. And they had so, Lee and Bucket back then. Exactly. So my thing with that was I remember watching the Warriors before they got real, real, really, uh, you know, became who they are today. And they had beat – I forget who they beat in the first round. Might have been Denver. I can't. I can't remember who they beat in the first round, but in the second round they took the Spurs to six games, and they won game one on the road, and it was like a big thing. That's when the Splash Brothers really started making the names for themselves. Like they almost beat the Spurs, um, who had home court advantage. So that in itself, this is when they still had Tim Duncan and and whatnot. Like that was about to be uh, a really huge upset. So people forget about that, and that's why. Yeah. I, uh, when they fired him, and I, I I believe it was a lot of reason had to do with other things other than on the court performance, uh, which is you know interesting. But uh, well, you know, for that team, the way they've been playing for the past, I mean, like since the nineties, they only had like one real notable year, and that's that year they upset the Mavericks. Yeah, exactly. It was the only year since the nineties, and that's like exactly. mid early nineties, not even like ninety nine, ninety eight. Exactly. That was the run. What did they call them? Run TMC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So exactly that that one year and that that team was crazy in itself, honestly. Um, but yeah, they had that one year. And other than that, it's been they've been pretty irrelevant until, like you said, they got Steph and Clay and all those guys and Mark Jackson. But um, so then Steph Kerr, Steve, Steve Kerr comes along. I think that first year, Clay, uh, uh, Steph wins the MVP. They won the championship. You know whatnot. In second year, Steph has like one of the best years I've ever seen live. Like, I was this is when I was still rooting for Steph because he was doing some magical stuff, man. Like, I still remember that OKC game during the regular season where he was making shots, and I was like, "Yo, when he, you remember the game where he hit like the buzzer beater from like half court?" Bro, um, yes. He pulled. Up, he, pulled he just pulled up. Yeah, he just pulled up like it was a regular shot. I was like, "Yo, this guy is ridiculous." So. Like, I get it. And, you know, the argument can be made that as great as they were defensively and as a team, um, you know, Steve Kerr, uh, you know, gave them more of a leash or less of a leash um, offensively, more freedom to do what they wanted. 
uh, you know, shoot the shot that they felt comfortable with. And then also he, he kind of helped uh, Draymond become Draymond, who he is today, which is fair. Right. Like, those are fair things. However, people saying like, oh, you know, you can have these great talents and still not win or it's hard to coach great talents. I I kind of disagree with that because guys like Steph and KD now and, and Clay to a certain extent, they, they don't really have egos. Like, if you like, I th- I feel like they would be accepting of almost any coach who was a good coach, and wow. and, and, and coaching from them. Is not- I think that's from that culture that Mark Jackson brought in. I think he built that. I mean, you could definitely say that. I'm not. I can't even disagree with that. I'm just saying. I feel like people are saying that Steve Kerr b- built that culture, and I just disagree with that because you can look at you could. You can look at OKC when um, KD was in OKC. There was a lot of seasons where Russ took more shots than KD, and KD was the scoring champ. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, that's, so yeah, that's fun. Exactly. So that shows you how unselfish KD was to a fault. So naturally, he's going if he goes to a team where they fit their their skill sets fit, fit like uh, pieces in a puzzle, <laughs> literally like. Really, yeah. That, that's part of the reason why I was actually wanting him to go to the Warriors, but now I regret it because I'm like, he just tilted us. Yeah, uh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I knew it was so going to be. Right. <laughs> like, oh, that's summer, that summer I was like, yo, I, I want him to go to um, the Warriors just to see the chaos that this would cause. And then, <laughs> lo and behold, man, this team is un- unbeatable, literally. Like, you, you can't beat them. But. Yeah, so it, if the skill sets fit, I feel like to a certain extent we've seen it. Luke Walton coach, they went like thirty-seven and four. Um, uh, like you said, Mike Brown um, during the playoffs, they won twelve games. Like, and most of the games weren't even that close. So, yeah, not even. So this whole, <laughs> I think Portland had like the best chance to kind of beat them. Mm-hmm. I think they were up like was it fifteen, sixteen points? Yeah. And the Thunder just came back, and I want to say they won like close to eight ten points. Yeah, that was, and that was one of the games where Steph came back and did Steph stuff, the way he do. Yep, he, <laughs> yep, he just did Steph stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's crazy. So as much as I think Steve Kerr is definitely a great coach, can't take nothing away from him. I, I've listened to his his certain strategies that he's had, and I think he pers- his personality meshes well with the team. I think. You know, you seen. I, I don't know if you seen the video. It's kind of popular now with him talking to, talking to Steph every now and then on the bench, and like giving Steph encouragement to like keep shooting, and he keeps like gassing Steph. You're amazing. I, I can't believe how great you are. And as great as a shooter as Steve Kerr was, he says I would never be able to take that shot or whatever. Like I'm not gonna lie, having that from a coach that works. Like that's a part of coaching. That's not to be looked over, but. Oh, yeah, the uh, motivation side of it. That is one thing I'll give him, too. Um, man, like, he just, like, like, like I was saying earlier, he could just pull the most out of those guys the way that Mark couldn't. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, they ended up getting rid of him. I just think, like, also, he's got, like, that Zen master S kind of thing that Phil Jackson has, but his ain't more, like, I mean, but his is more based in, X and O's analytics where Fields was kind of based in BS. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's 
know, like, because I watched one of those clips you were talking about, too, um, and he was telling Steph, I think Steph was shooting terrible that night, and he was like, look, we're plus so many points whenever you're on the floor and you're shooting this amount of shots. I don't care if you're not making it. I want you to have the ball in your hands and making the smart decisions you always make. And, like, that's, like, something that's really big in coaching to, like, be able to see something that's working, that's not working, be able to understand it, and also to keep that calmness in the heat of war because that's where people fail in all walks of life. Whenever things get hard or things, you know, start moving fast, get rushed, and everything's heated, people will panic and just try to put together whatever they can. But a lot of times all you got to do is just stop, think about it, and do what works. And I think that's his best attribute to me as a coach. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, that 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 piece that you just mentioned is exactly the same video that I watched. And he was like talking to Steph, and he was like, "Look, man, like <laughs> you're shooting terrible tonight, but when you got the ball in your hand and when you're on the court, you know we're plus like 13 or something crazy." Um, I think it was. It had to be 13 because I keep wanting to say 30, but it's not 30. <laughs> no, it wasn't 30. It wasn't 30. It's not. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, he he's he's definitely good for that. So the Millie Vanilli part, it was actually funny. And I don't know if you're on Twitter a lot. I'm on Twitter, you know, uh, all day, every day. It was actually a, a huge, like, they were trending on Twitter because somebody posted a thread of, like, their history and how they became, how they got to where they were and you know, the whole scandal and everything. So it's funny that he actually mentioned them, like, a day or two later after that whole, it wasn't an article, but, like, thread of treat, tweets came out about Millie Vanilli, like, randomly. I thought that was hilarious. Um well, you know, I think he should have made the comment just because he overshadowed it. The important thing to talk about, just like we have, is drop 40 points, 10, rebound, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds in two straight games. Mm. That kid, like 17, and he's doing it in a pro league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, people were trying to give him a lot of flack for that, too. But I actually think it's smarter for guys to go and play in Europe if they're going to do that one and done anyway. First of all, you get paid. You're not insulting the college game. Because like, me personally, I love college sports. I love them way more than pros just because, I mean, well, the only thing I really love about it that much now is Duke basketball because it's been made so much about money now, but it was just so much more passion in it to me growing up as a kid. So I always gravitated more toward that. But so I think you're not bringing down these universities, you're making money. And I think the experience you get at a European pro level or like Asian pro level is more valuable than the experience you get in the NCAA unless you're playing for a coach like Coach K or Rick Pitino or uh, Larry Brown. I think he still coaches at SMU. If you're not playing for a guy like that, I don't see the point of going one and done. Yeah. Well, here, my whole thing with LeVar, and I, I, for the most part, I agree with most of the stuff he does. I, I, I don't really love the way he handled the LiAngelo situation. Um, because he kind of downplayed, and I, I, I guess I guess I see why. But he downplayed the fact that his son actually was out here stealing, which is crazy. You got to, yeah. you got to. He, he, he. How old is he? Like nineteen? 
You got a Lambo, dog. <laughs> you got a Lambo. I don't care how you got it. I don't care if mama, daddy got I wish it. I had one. <laughs> exactly. Like, you got a Lambo, dog. I'm out here on my own, broke as ever, but you ain't going to catch me out here stealing no Louis Vuitton shades <laughs> in China of all places. <laughs> if anything, I would be scared to touch anything, man. But yeah, I thought hey, the whole situation was crazy. Hey, but the biggest part of that story that went unnoticed was um like I told you the other day, I'm just letting everybody know real quick. The state of California will not provide funding for its public universities to play basketball games, football games, any kind of sporting events in states that they deem do not have constitutional rights. So here in North Carolina, we had that uh was it HB eleven? Are you talking about the, the quote unquote bathroom bill? Yeah. It was like HB two or something. HB two. So they had that. And they were saying that because it discriminates against um, transgender peoples that they will not fly UCLA out to North Carolina to play a game against Duke or North Carolina. And um, it also included other states. Um, once there was like five more. I know Kansas was one because they have a law where you can restrict people from joining your college clubs if it disagrees with your beliefs. And there's also, I want to say, Tennessee, where you can refuse somebody treatment at your practice if it disagrees with your religious beliefs. But they flew these guys out to China, which, bro, they make North Carolina look like San Francisco, like the land of fruits. And nuts. <laughs> Ridiculous. Like, that is the type of that's the type of hypocritical. I'm a civil rights leader on social media stuff that we see every day that needs to change because people are not really about the change. They're just about appearing like it. And I feel like that's what UCLA was in in doing that. You won't fly them to North Carolina because we're backwards rednecks that don't like gays and transgenders. But you'll fly them out to China who I want to say – they may still do it, but I know they openly torture gay people. Openly, like in public. Mm. Well, we we know the organizations and institutions aren't about change like that. Um, we know that. Um, I think, to your argument, I think a lot of people, because I know I didn't, until you mentioned it, a lot of people didn't even know about, I knew China were, were communists, um, at least at one point, I'm not sure if they still are or whatever. That's something I could look more into. But um, I didn't know about the whole you can't travel or we're not going to pay you to travel to certain country. I mean, states in our home country. Um, yeah. We'll, you know, we'll take you to China because that's going to help ride the brand type thing. I didn't know that was going on. And I play Georgia Tech. <laughs> play Georgia Tech. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's- that's crazy, but um, I, the reason why I said I don't like the way it went down is because, like I said initially, like he, he kind of downplayed it, and like I said, I I, I get why because he don't want to. His son was already getting enough scrutiny. He didn't want to really add on to it. I get it, but he downplayed it way too much. Like he did the whole other extreme to the point where he made it seem like ceiling is okay. Then we don't know what happened. Whether Trump was really the person that got him out or not. I'm under the belief that he was not one of the people. From what I understand, it was kind of one of those things where he was advising those other people 
who um, actually orchestrated it, but they kind of made sure that Trump looked like the person that got him out. I, right. I, I can I can guarantee Trump ain't give <laughs> Trump don't give a damn about nobody named Ball and <laughs> Lavar no. Ball, Leangelo. He ain't care about none of them. Man, he ain't care. So he, he, I mean, really, he don't care about much of nothing. Exactly. Really so he just happened to be over there at the time. And, and Lamar was like, if he really, I would have thanked him if he flew us back or something like that. That was funny. Cause yeah. <laughs> Cause he is, <laughs> yeah. So he's a clown, but the whole thing uh, with them now overseas, the reason why I don't really care for them. Cause they're like the, the kid in high school. I didn't really care for you pulling a kid out of high school. Like, I get the one and done pull them, not to get them to college. Cool. I get that. But high school, man, like, yeah, that was, that was I mean, well, you know, that's something that's kind of it's taboo to us, but like in soccer, kids do that all the time. Like, I want to say Lionel Messi moved to Spain because he's from Argentina. He moved to Spain to train in Barcelona's youth club at the age of 14. And I want to say he was strictly in football, and the same with Neymar. Even though he stayed in Brazil, he was strictly in football because that's where the money was going to be for him in life. So it's like it's bizarre to us, but it's but it's one of those things that's being done almost everywhere else in the world. It's a different sport, but it's done almost everywhere else in the world. Yeah, man. I, I I'm kind of I'm like you said. I'm not really too hip on you know the overseas practices on stuff like that. Oh my gosh. Um, but I know it's not like the first time something like that happened especially when you think you have a prodigy, you know, of some sort. But um, I, my, my issue was the reason why he did it, right? So, uh, I don't know if you knew, but the, the coach. He was uh, coaching, the, yeah. Yeah, like, he was like, yo, your son not going to be out here taking 50 shots a game. <laughs> and, like, okay, that, that's it. that seems reasonable. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, maybe not 50, but maybe 30. Like, <laughs> but no, LeBron was like, nah, you going to – he going to let him take – you know, how many shots or whatever. So then he was like, you know, forget this. I don't need you. I'm going to take my son out of school. Then so I mean, the whole, then, but it's the thing. The initial story was he was just going to take him out of school and homeschool him. And he was like, oh, somebody want to play with my son. Anybody want to play with my son? We could go to the local basketball court and play there. Like, okay, cool. That's Whatever. We know you're not homeschooling them. <laughs> and we know, and we know you're going to be struggling to find some actual competition to get your son ready to be either go to college, which he probably couldn't have did because of his whole signature shoe or, you know, go to the pros. Like he, he needed to I see him against talent. So then Willie Angelo happened and that set it up to where both of his sons could drop out of school and go overseas and work it out that way. Now what he doing over there, like he got, he's coaching now. He got big ball yeah, brands. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he, he got big baller brand sponsor in the court, the jerseys. Like he, he finessed that whole thing. So that portion of it, I'm like, cool. And at least one of them is balling. I know Leangelo had his moments when he was dropping like 30 or something, but um Lamelo's out there balling for real. And I mean, but he's had bad stretches too, but like, you know, that's one of the things that I was saying. Like, I think it's good for him because he's gonna learn like First of all, he's out there against grown ass men. Like that's first and foremost. And second, he's gonna learn about professional life and he's gonna learn about the ups and downs. And so whenever he comes into the NBA, that rookie wall is not gonna be as hard for him. Like I'm not saying he's gonna be this great player. He might not be half the player his brother is, he might end up being the best 
player, if it's error, you don't know. But he's going to already be a pro. Yeah. So it's like the best learning curve for him to get to the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, like Coach K or Rick Patino. And we, you know, if he was if he was able to go to school, I still feel like college would have been a little bit better, um, because in college, a lot of your skills have to be, um, at least usually, your skills have to be trained, right? So right now, especially since his dad coaching, he's still doing the same thing he was doing in high school: just freelance, shoot whenever you feel like it, you know, do as you do, type of basketball, which is not going to work in the pros. One, and then two. The, the 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 games that they're playing now aren't like against the top talent in overseas or even in Lithuania. Like it's it's still like a I don't know what to compare it to over here, but they're still it's like a challenge. So it's like a big baller brand challenge, and they're playing like exhibition games. So they're not even really like going against the, like three college basketball. Yeah, like he's still not going against the best talent in Lithuania. He's still lighting it up. Don't get me wrong, but. He's not going against the best. I, I'm. I can't even say for sure that is the three uh, G League talent for real. So, I would have liked to see him on a national stage. You know, getting hundreds of thousands of views on Facebook Live is cool, <laughs> but <laughs> I would like to see. Paid off them things. Yeah. They got some. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't mad at it. I, I, you know, like I said, I support the hustle, but I, I mean, like. That is one thing that I'll give the dude. Even if his kids don't end up making it like that, he made them some money, and they'll have nice things in life because of what he did. Yeah, exactly. A lot of what, like, he he finessed Lonzo going to the Lakers, for sure. Like, I don't think um, hey. Lonzo gets drafted by the Lakers <laughs> otherwise. Existence. <laughs> so, yeah, he finessed that whole situation. Because um, there was a lot of talk about them not even, like, even after him talking crazy, there was a lot of talk about him not even going to the Lakers, that the Lakers are looking at other kids like Tatum and Jackson. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, that's my piece on it. I like LeVar. I, I feel like a lot of people who dislike LeVar, for the most part, have a lot of racial undertone with it, too. Um, I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Now, if I hear somebody say, oh, I don't like him because of X, X, and Y, I get it. But people who didn't like him from the get-go, when he was just being a loud mouth, those there was undertones to it, huh? I said there was definitely racial undertones to it. Like, uh, did you see that incident he got into with the girl from uh, a yeah. show from Fox Sports? Yes, yes, I actually watched that show. Funny. Yo, I love that show. I love that show. I don't always agree with his takes, but I like his reasoning and how he talks about things. Yeah, so I, I, I like that. <laughs> I thought that. Uh, confrontation or whatever the, the back and forth between them was hilarious. And he was a clown. He people look people forget that he low key called her ugly. <laughs> That's <Yeah. the> reason. <laughs> people didn't realize that he was calling her ugly. That he kept saying that he's scared to look at her. <laughs> he said, <laughs> said that she loved the it clown or something crazy. So that was funny. But um, I can see where he messed up too, and why some people thought had issues with it. Um, but like, again, like there's certain things you just can't take too serious. I don't think he was being sexist. I don't think, you know, <laughs> like, I think I if any sexist either, because if I was him, the way she talked about him and how he treats his kids, like she said that Lonzo looks at him, like he's legitimately scared of him. Exactly. Like, 
if she made those kind of comments, like if anybody made those kind of comments about me and the children I have in the future, like I'm like, if it's a man, I'm daring them to look my way. But if it's a woman, like, I don't want no parts to deal with you because I have nothing nice to say to you and we don't need to get physical. Exactly. You know yeah. And that's what he was. That's the I feel like that's the angle that he was going with. And if. You, you know, you and I are familiar with it, but the setup is that she sits behind the guest. So right. the whole time he was pretty much ignoring her anyway. It wasn't until she chimed in and said something like she was trying to be smart about their sales because this is when the shoe first got uh, released. And he was like on a promo run or whatever. And she was asking about how the suits and sales were going at that time. And he was like, stay, <laughs> stay in your lane. Like, don't worry about it. And I feel like he was I really think a shirt. Or something. He he did, and he started like he really didn't have any women's clothes until after that incident. I don't think. Oh damn! Yeah, I don't think he had any women's clothes until after the incident. Wow, that's crazy. So then he made the shirts and stay in your lane or whatever. But it, it's that's funny. But I feel like he would have did that same. He would have had that same energy whether it was a guy or, or a woman for real. Personally, just seeing how he interacts with people. Um, with the male, it might have been closer to getting physical because, like, you don't talk about a man's family like that. I feel like he would have got a little bit more aggressive. Um, but I, even when he disagreeing with a dude, especially on TV, I think he would have known, like, he would have got aggressive, but it wouldn't have been like, I don't think would have got like he would have threatened to get physical. I don't think so. I think he would have did it just enough to make sure that this is going to be uh, a click or a hit. Um, but also enough to look like, be like, look, man, like you ain't gonna be out here disrespecting me and my family like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I feel like he would have known that line. He, it seems like he usually knows the line not to cross. Usually, like even him, and then dog, <laughs> like, like, oh, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> like, what are you doing on CNN? If there's anything him and Donald Trump have taught me, because they're really the same person. If it's anything they taught me, is it shoot your shot, bro? You shot from three. <laughs> That's what they did. You miss it. A, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, man. Right. <laughs> but you only takes one. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, but uh, what was the other uh, topics you you said you wanted to talk about too? Let's see. Uh, we can kind of touch on the NFL season and then like, make some Super Bowl predictions, which I don't really have much to say. I, I, I'll, I'll say one thing. You, you mentioned it, too. I'm a Giants fan, man. So I've been a Giants fan since the year, coincidentally, actually, the year Eli got drafted. That was just the year I just happened to watch football. And I, I picked the Giants, honestly, because I was from New Jersey. For some reason, the Jets were never on my radar. So it was always for me, Giants, Jets, and then uh, Devils. But, I mean, Giants-Jets. I met Giants-Nets for basketball and then Devils for hockey, even though, again, I didn't like her. And I picked the Mets, too. I picked the, I picked the Mets mostly because of the, the colorway and just because, like, I knew everybody was a Yankees fan. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why I don't want to be a Yankees fan. But it was the Mets thing. I got a question for you real quick. Never what? ask you, up north, is being a Jets fan like being a Mets fan? Absolutely. <laughs> I think – I think – I don't even know because I'm basketball. Baseball isn't on my radar like radar like that. But at least oh, the Mets, the Mets yeah, the Mets at least were relevant as of recent. Like they just went to the. Uh, come on, man! They, the World they, Series. 
Wait a minute, went to the World Series. Went to the pennant. No, they went to the World Series. Um, I guess the Warriors, I think. He won. Won it? Yeah. City won? Yeah. So they were relevant at least recently. Um, yeah, they absolutely like and I used to work with the um I think you know, I used to work with the New York Islanders, which is hockey. And the Islanders um are the quote unquote second team that plays in New York with the Rangers. The Rangers are the main team. So usually usually the fans are if you're a Yankees fan, you like the Rangers. If you like the Rangers and the Yankees, you like the Giants. And then the same thing goes for the Jets. Jets fans are usually Islanders fans, and Islanders fans are usually Mets fans. Mets fans. Um, sometimes, you know, people are weird and they intertwine or whatever, but those are the most parts. So you know who the pecking order is. Same thing as if you was in Los Angeles. I don't know who the baseball king is. I guess the Dodgers. The Dodgers even though they haven't been there lately. Well, yeah. no, nah, they but they lost. So it's Lakers and Dodgers. You know, you ain't going to have nobody be like, oh, I'm a Clippers and Angels fan. <laughs> like, no. <nah. laughs> but, yeah, so that's what was up there. But back to the football thing. I always, you know, been down for the Giants. We've been through some rough seasons, you know, early on. But, you know, I, I hold true to the two Super Bowls that we won. And, you know what I'm saying? We had the worst season ever, honestly, I think, ever in our history this past season. Uh, they largely due to injuries. And Ben McAdoo, man, oh, he was – I was never – Excited about that hire from the get go. He was terrible. Yeah, I, I ain't like that from the get go. But um, what was I going to say? It, it, the whole thing with this Super Bowl, man, is as a Giants fan, I can't root for the Patriots. I hate the Patriots for for a multitude of things, but I hate the Patriots. But I can't root for the Eagles either. <laughs> like, like, that's what you do, Cowboys, man. <laughs> so I can't. I can't do it. I think a lot of people. Don't want to root for the Patriots, so a lot of people are rooting for the Eagles. But people right. like you know, you know, people who are in the NFC East or who, who just hate the Eagles or their fans, because I know a couple of them, and they're not the the best. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can't do. It. I'm I low key might not even you know, like I I watch it just because it's football. But man, I am not excited about this thing. <laughs> so it's, it's it's a tough one for me. What about you? Um. Not excited one bit. It's probably the Super Bowl I have cared the absolute least about ever in my life. <laughs> ever. <laughs> I will give you a prediction. Patriots will definitely win because I'm not putting my faith in Nick Foles. That's, and that's another thing that, that really is, is disappointing. If it was Carson Wentz, you could at least have that story of new versus young. Exactly. And if it was Carson Wentz, for some reason – when when it was him and Jared Goff as the two prospects, just looking at the highlights and what I saw of them, I like Carson Wentz before. This before he was on the Eagles, but I, I like Carson Wentz as a prospect earlier a little bit better just because I saw he was more of a dual threat quarterback. And again, when it comes to like codes and stuff, I like to see dual threat quarterbacks who aren't black. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of dispels the notion. And the same thing, I like to see pocket quarterbacks who are black because it kind of dispels the notion that you can, you know, they, they can't be whatever. It has to be one thing. So I was rocking with that. I just, and I, I just like that style, period. Like when I play Madden, I need me a dual threat quarterback, at least a quarterback where if my right. receivers are locked up. Play with dual threat. It's not fun. Yeah. yeah. And cause the, you know, if you got the refs Russell coming Wilson in and you can't, <laughs> or he's a Chico, Russell Wilson. I always <laughs> play with Cam. I just play with Cam a lot. Cause Cam doesn't really fumble the ball. And then, I don't know. It's, it's fun playing with the with the running game, but yeah, back in the day, it used to be the Seahawks. That was a cheat code. The 49ers was a cheat code. Oh wait, um, Kaepernick, that was ridiculous. 
Yeah, you I never really. You could not never, stop. I never played with um with Vic back in 04. Apparently, that was a cheat code for real, for real. I was never a Vic guy as far as Madden, but yeah, when he like, was on the Eagles. But I did play with him in some of the other games, and he was ridiculous. Yeah, when he was on the Eagles with him, McCoy, and Deshaun, like what? Oh yeah. But um, I wish Carson was healthy. I would actually root for the Eagles if he was. Now I I kind of am rooting for the Eagles just because like I said, I hate the Patriots so much. The Eagles are <laughs> it's kind of a situation where like the Eagles literally haven't won a Super Bowl like ever. Um, and they haven't really been too relevant as of recent. So it's like I don't really feel threatened by them. <laughs> I just don't want to, I don't want Tom Brady to win another ring, man. I don't. I I, I grew up a Peyton Manning fan when I first started watching football. So I, that's another reason why I hate the Patriots. <laughs> you know, they Peyton would have a lot more rings if it wasn't for them. But wow. man. my mom and my LB are both Patriots fans. So I guess that's who I pull for. Oh yeah, Jeff, man. Shout out to Jeff, man. If he listening, <laughs> we'll we'll see if Jeff we'll, we'll see if Jeff listens to the uh, podcast if he keeps the shout out that we get <laughs> that he gets at the end of it. Well, ain't nobody gonna listen to this but me and you. <laughs> this thing like twenty likes. We're gonna be like, dang, everybody listening to it, but we both done listen to it ten times. <laughs> exactly, but yeah, man. I, I'm like actually, my manager is a Patriots fan. He one of the Patriots fans that so cocky and he's not even really a football guy he just happens to be from the area so it's like you know whatever but i bet he likes alabama too i don't he he's from like up north so i don't think he watches college football but he he it wouldn't be surprising if he was an alabama fan but boy do i oh, i hate patriots fans oh i can't stand patriots fans the worst oh my gosh but yeah and then i have a, a co-worker who's an Eagles fan, and oh, God. And I feel bad for her because, you know, it sucks rooting for the Yeah, it sucks rooting for the Eagles. So, I don't know. Feelings are about to be hurt. But oh. actually, I have the Eagles putting, uh, long story short, I have the Eagles putting the upset. I do. Ah, we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> it would be a huge upset. But the fact that the thing to beat the, the way to get to the Patriots is having that that front line get to the quarterback. Um, they definitely have the front line to do so. And then I think Nick Foles has enough confidence to just win the game. They don't need him to, you know, do nothing crazy. They're, they're, it's not like the Patriots defense is as big, as stout as they used to be. Um, they just need him to not make mistakes, i.e. Blake Bortles. And I think he's way better than Blake Bortles. He's, he's better than Blake Bortles. But he has better receivers too. I think the biggest thing with Blake Bortles is that they don't have any receivers um, to throw the ball to. The, the Eagles actually have a running game and some receivers. So if all you asking Nick Foles to do is just not mess it up, I, I'm pretty confident in that. Well, yeah. Um, one other thing though is how the Patriots play. Um, if you look at the way they came back against Jacksonville, it wasn't as big a margin, but it's a, it's actually the exact same way that they came out and came back against the Falcons. Yeah. Extended drives on offense, which they can craft through the X and O's. Belichick, one of the best coach, well, the best coach ever. Then, but the part where your players got to make plays, they kept forcing them three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out on defense. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then that defense in Jacksonville, what they call it, Saxonville, 
Yeah. <laughs> they were flexing. Yeah, exactly. Because they was gassed. And that's really the exact same thing that they did to Atlanta. The difference, I think, there, though, with the Eagles, what they showed us last week, if they get the lead, they ain't going to sit on it. I think, and here's my, and uh, we can move on after this. Um, I think the biggest thing, because I actually watched, I didn't watch the whole Super Bowl last year. I just was going back and forth with some stuff. But from what I was watching, it was actually shocking how bad the Patriots were playing those first three quarters, three and a half quarters, whatever. Um, Tom Brady throwing a pick six in general, not just in the Super Bowl, but in general, was kind of uncharacteristic. You know what I'm saying? Falcons were getting almost anything that they wanted, and it looked like it was a guarantee. Um, and it's funny because <laughs> – so you know how the internet is nowadays. When it was up 28-3, to 3, people had Tom Brady's face, and it was 50% loading. And half of it was the, the meme, the meme joy face. The crying face. I can't wait to put that on somebody. Oh man! So the fact that Tom Brady beat the end of that man is is a credible feat in itself. But he did. <laughs> but just watching that game, and I I didn't see the whole comeback. I just knew when the Patriots scored and it was twenty eight to ten. I was like, all right, Falcons. <laughs> You need to be going back and forth. Don't sit here and try to be conservative and try to change your your. You, you know, your playing style or whatever. That's kind of the reason they were going three and out, like I said earlier, because they weren't pushing the issue. They weren't trying to get those extended drives because they didn't feel like they needed to. They were just like, let's play it safe, keep the lead. But yeah, let's let's run this clock out. But you, they was playing. They were at one point, and people say this all the time. They were playing not to lose. They weren't playing to win. Um, and so they got into their own heads, and then they have they had were opportunities where. They could have kicked a field goal, but they took a sack. You know, stupid. They weren't running the ball. Stupid stuff. The Jacksonville Jaguars. This game, I actually watched the whole entire game. They should have won that game. It was twenty-eight ten. I played them the entire first. Like yeah, they, that pass interference in the first half shouldn't have been a pass interference. So the Patriots, to me, shouldn't have got seven points. But that's neither here there. When it was twenty to ten, there was eight minutes left. And I think Jacksonville had the ball, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there, there's just no way you can lose that game if you're still being aggressive and not trying to hide your quarterback, which is what they were trying to do. And I think a lot of it too. I, I think a lot of it too is because they weren't and they were never in that position. Is that and they were going against the Patriots of all teams. If that was any other team, they wouldn't. They wouldn't won the game. They probably would have went now. Yeah. Because, just because it was the Patriots and they were. You know, in the moment, they were like, yo, this is the Patriots. We've seen them do this to the team last year. Like, I think a lot of it was psychological, and they just talked themselves out of it, and they were doing stuff. It was they did the exact thing that the other team did last year. Exactly. So they were trying so much not to do it that this is exactly like you said, they did exactly what the other team did, which is play not to, play not to lose, stop being aggressive, even though technically they weren't that aggressive to, at the beginning of the game because their quarterback was pretty trash. But – um yeah, man, it, it was just annoying, man. I was like, come on, bro. Y'all can't let this happen again. <laughs> Not again, man. But Well, um, let's stick with football, but switch gears real quick. Heard about the XFL? I have, man. And it's, so I saw the uh, the 30 for 30 doc that they had a couple months ago. I thought that was pretty interesting because I, n- I never knew much about it. I'm not really big into w- the, to wrestling, so I'm not too familiar with Vince McMahon like that. Um, and I was pretty young when the XFL came out, so I thought the doc was interesting. 
But him coming back out, man, he – I don't think it's going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. Um, So, <clears throat> you know, he owns WWE, and I'm actually the exact opposite of you, big wrestling fan. And, um, you know, like I follow – I went back and, like, looked at a lot of wrestling because um, I have means at which I can watch old wrestling. I'm not going to – myself away here but <laughs> watch some old wrestling stuff and um, watch a lot of stuff from the territory days and a bunch of different kind of stuff um, back whenever wrestling was more regional based and it, like they presented it as a legitimate sport rather than the entertainment that WWE does now but um, he's like undoubtedly the greatest wrestling promoter of all time so he could make this happen like he's the like back in the day there was the NWA which was National Wrestling Alliance which was about eight, maybe 12 different territories regionally based that had one unified world champion and like they would strong arm smaller territories. And he ran them out of business. He ran 12 of the most successful wrestling promoters in the world out of business all by himself. So in his world, he's the best to do what he's ever done as far as being a wrestling promoter. Yeah. And, the way that they've been doing WWE recently, they tried to be innovative and they also try to be more like, uh, well, I'm not talking about innovative in matches and stuff. Some of it's kind of blah, but they try to be innovative in like how they present content, different things like that, and just a business plan. So I think it has a chance to succeed. And I actually wrote down list of things that have to happen for it to succeed. Okay. So, first thing has to happen is the TV contract. The reason why it failed the first time you watched the documentary was because NBC pulled out of the TV contract, right? Yeah. So they couldn't fund the league. Well, now they couldn't make money because either making money back then, some off TV, but more so back in the day, sports you were making your money at the gate. That's not the case anymore. Um, I actually like do a lot of research on WWE and stuff, and their house show numbers and live attendance numbers are not all that great, but their stock keeps going up and up because they make so much money off of the TV revenue that it's like they're always going to be there because they have so much TV revenue from their TV contract. So, and like that's another thing that I think goes into it. Vince McMahon with his connections in the business world and just with different TV stations he's worked with. He's going to be able to get them a TV contract. And if he gets them a good one, they won't have that same issue that they had of going out of business. So they'll at least be able to have it with the TV contract. So that's the first thing I think they have to do. The second thing they have to do, they have to play in the summer because you don't want competition with the NFL. Exactly. They have to play in the summer. NFL, if you want to get drafted, you have to be at least three years removed from high school. It might be saying a lot, but if I was them, I'd let 18-year-olds play. Whoa. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'd do it. Because, um, you know, guys like Matt Barkley and Sam Darnold that come from wealthier families and their dad went to USC so dad gummit I'm gonna go to USC those guys are still gonna go there 
But do you think a guy like Jadavion Clowney or Leonard Fournette wouldn't go play three years in XFL to make like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand a year? Hmm. And they could get some quality players like that. I'm not saying that the rosters need to be primarily like that, but those guys like that that are like man childs, like you know, Jadavion Clowney, whenever he was thirteen, he could go in there and buy a forty ounce. <laughs> And Miles oh. Garrett too. Miles Garrett. And uh what's the other guy? Taylor Mays. Um I wanna say whenever he was eighteen, he could do like um two twenty five, like twenty five times or something like that. And he ran like a four six, four yeah, five. That, that was that safety from USC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, and that was at age eighteen, like so and then uh who's the other guy? He was a safety from LSU. Play for the Redskins. Landry? No, it's not. Is it Landry? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're Landry. I, I think so, I mean, like, there's guys that they can get there. But what's going to make the league work from, like, fans actually being invested is the most important position, which is quarterback. Now, he's already announced that they're going to have eight teams. If okay. they decide that they will let Manziel play, then out of their eight starting quarterbacks, six of them could be Michael Vick, Tony Robo, RG3, Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel, and Colin Kaepernick. And even if they don't let Manziel play, it'd still be five of those guys. You can't tell me people would not tune in to watch those guys play, especially Cap right. and Tebow. I got to cut you off right there, man. Kaepernick ain't playing – um, people probably not playing. RG three maybe. Um, I, I highly doubt it. But uh, what was the first one you had your name? Mike Vick definitely not playing. Um, I think Johnny, I think. Huh? Tell me why they're not playing though. All right, so I'm gonna go down the list. Kaepernick not playing because he. I think. I think this taking this season off when we didn't. It's surprised we didn't even touch this conversation, but. I think him taking this season off uh, involuntarily. <laughs> um, he may be in great shape. I don't see him going to the XFL, especially because part of the main thing is that the dude mentioned, like that he, Vince McMahon is catering to the audience that the NFL is losing. And that audience is, I don't want to see politics mixed with my sports. That's the audience that he's catering to. That's And I, I know this because when he made the little press conference and he was saying what the XFL is going to do and what they're not going to do. That was one of the things that he was trying to push. So if that you can't you can't say that and then have the guy mainly responsible for that quote unquote politics mixed with sports, even though politics have always been mixed with sports. Politics is mixed with everything. Everything's politics. But anyway, um, so I don't see that happening with Kaepernick. RG three, I don't know. I've seen him recently. I know he thinks he can still play. Um I think these guys, most of these guys, pride is too big to even take. The, you know, I don't know how many people did it back in the day when the XFL first got started, but I don't see RG3 doing it because he is a he was an elite talent. Johnny Manziel may do it because one, he you know, he never did anything. He never already like sent him a tweet or something and was like, "I'm on board." Yeah, but isn't like he because he was he keeps talking about this comeback season and all this other stuff. What you coming back from, first of all? <laughs> you ain't that. Well, nobody in the NFL will take him, but. Nobody, because he, he's not. It's not even, and 
I sound like the people who are talking about Kaepernick, but Johnny Manziel is not is not good, honestly. Like he's he's not a NFL type quarterback, so he's more prone to playing XFL because he might want to be back in the spotlight and he could probably make some highlight plays. He might even do well, but I think I could have sworn I read something a few months ago that said when Johnny Manziel was trying to get back to football, that a CFL team has his rights. I could have sworn. I don't know if that has anything to do with that. Well, the rights wouldn't be anything because Vince McMahon could buy that out. Okay. Man's okay. Uh-oh. Then yeah, maybe maybe I can see Manziel doing it for sure. Um, because like you said, he, he talked about it. He might, he already showed interest in doing it. Um, even though I think he's a, a lot of times he's just talk. But uh, who else did you, did you say? Romo. Romo is happy, <laughs> very happy <laughs> with what he's doing with the whole CBS and. and uh, commentating right now. I think he's making a pretty pretty decent amount of money doing it, too. Um, after this first season and seeing how well he did, I don't see him going back to football if it's not the NFL. And I think some teams even tried to get him back to the NFL, you know, at some point during the season, and he probably turned them down. I'm pretty confident. Similar to how they did with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler was supposed to be an announcer, too, or a commentator. And he, didn't even, he didn't even get to, to do one game before he came out and out of retirement. So, um, I don't see Romo doing it at all. Tebow, he's too much into baseball right now to be trying to quarterback. And I don't think the XFL is Tebow's thieves <laughs> and what he's <laughs> what his uh what his brand is at this point. And he's he's making a name for himself being a, a commentator and analyst as well. So I don't see most of those guys having it. Maybe Manziel. But all right. So tell you why I think it will happen. So first of all, Tebow wants to be a quarterback more than anything. That's the only reason he's not in the NFL because a lot of teams want him to play other positions, but he just would not do it. He said, I'm a quarterback or nothing. So I think he's going to jump at the chance to be able to play quarterback. And you said he's making a name for himself in baseball. He ain't never getting out of – he's never getting past double-A baseball. <laughs> he's never getting past it. Okay. I mean, you know, he does play for, I want to say, the Mets minor league, so they might move him up to sell some tickets because they're the Mets. <laughs> but, but other than that, nah, bro, he's going to jump at that chance. Romo, he kind of got – man, that was one of them things where it was like – I'm not saying he got forced into retirement, but it was kind of like – he kind of got forced, man. He kind of got forced. And he could have came back and all that other kind of stuff, but CBS offered him that deal. But here's the thing about it. It's not going to interfere with his CBS deal. The same way it's not going to interfere with Tim Tebow because the leagues are going to be happening at so much different times that it's not going to matter. The seasons are going to take place in different times. Then Michael Vick, I think he'd play because – First of all, he's going to get paid. And second, the only reason he's not playing now is because he cannot be a starter. He's not going to be anybody's backup. Like I heard him say that on Colin Cowherd's show. That's the only reason he's not in the NFL right now because he's going to be a starter. And if he's going to go to the XFL, they're going to start him. RG3, you said he's not going to go because it'd be a slight to him because he's elite. Uh, yeah, I think that that argument can be made for all those quarterbacks except Johnny Menzel and even Tim Tebow Conda. But I think guys like 
RG three and Romo, they they've done greatness on the on the highest level. I don't see them going to the XFL. Same reason why they didn't go to the CFL. You know what I'm saying? Like CFL teams have reached out to these guys. I I, I guarantee you that. And I yeah, I don't see it. But go ahead. Yeah, but who wanna go play in Canada? <laughs> who wants to play for some who wants to play for some wannabe wrestling, wannabe football? Uh, Jim Kelly played in the USFL. Uh, that's that's it's not the XFL. Um, but he's not as elite as you remember. He's as elite as you remember for like one and a half seasons. I mean, that's all he had in his prom. Not even his prom, like when he was healthy. Dude, his prom? He was like 23 when that happened. Yeah, well, when he was healthy. When he was healthy, he was one of the – he was Carson He was Carson Wentz before Carson Wentz. And then Colin Kaepernick. So, oh, what's your what's your argu- said, what's your argument for him playing? So, like I said, done a lot of like I followed wrestling a long time, and like the backstage world of wrestling, the politics is ridiculous. And in all honesty, like I've seen Vince McMahon like negotiate deals and have healthy relationship with his co-workers, that would have been a worse situation than this. Mm. Like, uh, in the 90s, Shawn Michaels was his top guy, right? Mm. And the way wrestling works, your champion is your top guy. And Shawn would not lose to anybody. Like, he would straight up tell you, I'm not losing to anybody. Even if that guy was going to draw him more money as champion, he was like, I'm not losing to this guy. But to this day, him and Sean have like a father-son kind of relationship because the way Vince is, he can make it work. Like this guy's really another kind of animal. He runs a publicly shared company that's worth billions and billions of dollars. And he's 74 years old and looks like he's cock diesel, bro. Like he's he works. Bruh, he's like 74. He's either 69 or 74, but he's that old and he still gets up to work out at 3 a.m. in the morning. Because he doesn't have time in the day. <laughs> I did. He, I, I, I will admit he does not look seventy four. He doesn't. This guy's. I mean, like, I'm not saying it looks good. It looks really weird, actually. But but him being so cocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude is ridiculous. But he's just another kind of animal. And like, I'm just saying, like, I've seen him make things like that work. But here's the argument. Uh, here's the side of the argument that you, you, I don't think you give it enough credit to. Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> maybe, maybe Vince McMahon can make that work on his side. He might put his pride aside and say, "Hey, Colin, I want you to be a quarterback. I want you to be one of the stars of this league, or whatever." I don't see Colin doing it though, because Colin is. The, I don't know what his money looking like, but I know he's donating a lot and doing whatever, and it, it, you know, doing a throw him that. What's going to happen then? You said what? I know you've been donating a lot, so the pockets might be running dry. What's going to happen if Vince throw him that money? And he's like, hmm, this is all games. Potentially 10 will go to the championship because, no, it it's a 10-game season. Then there's two rounds of playoffs. I think just from what I've been learning this season about Colin, he could have went to a team, right, and said, "Look, I'll I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll try out, I won't kneel, 
do whatever. He's he's really prideful, and he feels like he's good enough to where if a team wanted him, they would come to him, and no team did that. So that's what I'm saying. He's probably looking at it. I don't see him looking at the situation to where he's like, okay, yeah, ten million, twenty million, whatever. I want to play in the, in the XFL. I don't. I don't see him doing that. I think his pride won't allow him because this guy was one pass interference away from winning a Super Bowl. Like I don't. People forget that. Stacked roster. Yes, he was that close. Oh man, how many? How many? How many? Stacked O line. Randy Moss. Okay, Randy. Randy, You cannot. You can't say Randy. You can't say Randy Moss in 2012. You can't. I'm sorry. Dude, Moss was the third option, bro, at any point. You know what? Let's go somewhere else. At any point, if Randy Moss is your third or second option. No, you can't. You can't say Randy Moss. You can't say Randy Moss. I'll give you Anquan Bolden. I'll give you – I don't know about the offensive line, but I'll give you Frank Gore. I'll give you the stack defense. I'll give you all that. But what I'm not going to give you is – um. <laughs> is you saying that um you know, and he had stack- Jim Harbaugh yeah oh, okay because well, Jim Harbaugh is lining up in Michigan but I, I say all that to say against Ohio State and Penn State arguably the best conference in football you got to give him time to get it going like see that's the problem with people wanting results so fast from college coaches like like dude Bobby Knight and Shoot, Coach K, whenever he started at Duke, he was garbage. They couldn't win anything. But he, now he's one of the best coaches of all time in any sport, period. Yes, but here's the thing about Jim Harbaugh and the argument against him, because I like Jim Harbaugh, um, and I want, him, I want him to do well in Michigan because I like the whole Jordan brand collab and all that. His recruiting has been suspect, uh, and it ain't like his – it should be that hard to get talent to Michigan. But his recruiting has been suspect, something that he did pretty well at Stanford because he won at Stanford. And then, um, you know, him not them, his team not playing well against their rivals. I think – I don't know what the record is, but it's, it's really, really bad against their rivals. It's really bad. The bowl game not good either. Huh? The uh, bowl game record is not good either. Yeah, so people look at that stuff, especially in college sports – or college in the first, like his first recruiting class aren't even seniors yet. Like I think they're turning seniors this year. And he got a transfer. I think it was Shea Patterson or something. Some some quarterback is transferring to Michigan that's supposed to be legit, or, or committed to Michigan that's supposed to be legit. So we'll see. I'm not saying the. I'm just saying as of right now, you saying oh he, and he had Jim Harbaugh is not like you saying oh he had Popovich or he had, you know. Um, Belichick, Belichick, like it ain't like it, yeah, he had a good coach, he had a good coach, but it ain't like you saying like oh that's an automatic Super Bowl. Um, if my argument to the oh he had a stacked team, what non-stacked team have you seen go to a Super Bowl? <laughs> okay, but when the team won't good, he won't good. Yeah, no, because it, it's just two extremes. You got the stack team, and then you got the really bad team. <laughs> really, really bad team. He won't good. It don't matter if New Orleans win three games. I bet you Drew Brees going to put up 5,000 yards. No, 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 no. You could, really? You, if you were watching this season, Drew Brees, he had a great year. 
he had some of his stats, like he led the he had the record for completion percentage and all that. But the thing that got the New Orleans Saints to winning games was their running game and their defense stepping up. That was what Oh yeah, that's why they're winning games. But what I'm saying is he was still an elite quarterback when they were garbage. First okay, Drew Brees. <laughs> like if we compare it kind of happening to Drew Brees, okay. I mean, there's two different styles of quarterback. Huh? Aaron Rodgers, all them guys. I mean, even Kirk Cousins looks really good. Even Alex Smith looks really good when the teams aren't all that oh, good. No, I'm not going to let – nope, nope. We, we're not going to sit here just because he got like 70 mil now. We're not going to sit here and forget the first six seasons that Alex Smith had when people was calling him a bust. We're not going to forget that at all. I mean, no. Like, I still don't think he's that good, but I'd rather have him than Kaepernick, and I think that's where the 49ers messed up the first time. He took it to the Super Bowl. How did he mess up when he took it to the Super Bowl? What do you mean? <laughs> they didn't mess up with anything. Regardless is my point. No, no, no. Kaepernick, uh, Alex Smith is, is, is had a great season this year, but he's shown that he, in playoffs, look at his playoff record, He's not capable all the time of winning that big game. Yeah, he won that game in, in San Francisco. And I think he won one game in Kansas City. But nah, he ain't that guy. This is this 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 first season, this last season that he had in Kansas City was fool's gold. His record, his stats against Kirk Cousins for the last couple seasons, when he's when Alex Smith has been at his best, still isn't compared to Kirk Cousins. And Kirk, we all know Kirk Cousins ain't that good. So this whole he's not- all right. This whole cop in the, I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> Kaepernick is not. I'm not saying that he, he's a pro bowler. I'm saying that you get. I'm him. saying he's a good backup. I'm saying he's he's a starter. What do you mean good backup? Good backup. Oh, my God. So, so Blake Bortles. So, um, who else is a He's an average backup. Blake Bortles is a backup? An average backup. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I think your ex- I think your expectation of quarterback in the NFL is extremely high. <laughs> I mean, he's an average backup. Um, that's just how I look at it, man. I think Kirk Cousins is a guy that's just been in the dysfunction that is Washington, and he's going to end up going to Jacksonville or Denver or maybe even Arizona, and he's going to flourish there. I think Arizona is a possibility. Um, he's not going to Jacksonville because they just came out and said that they don't. They're happy with Blake Bortles, so I guess they're happy with me. Some things never change, huh? Yeah. Cleveland Browns have competition. Yeah, so he he uh, he must. They must be happy with uh, mediocrity. But Kirk Cousins, I mean Blake Bortles, his best season this year is literally the perfect example of um, being inconsistent. So I think. If you, you look at his Colin Kaepernick, I sent you the article a couple months ago when we had this conversation. Kurt, uh, Colin Kaepernick's stats were better before Flacco got hurt than Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco won that Super Bowl. And people, he he had the the record for, and not that he was really deserving of it, but at one point he was the highest paid quarterback in the league. Like, you mean his record last year, like like the stats no, and no, stuff no. last year before, like, the, before the season started. There was there was uh, somebody who wrote an article said Joe Flacco recently in the past few seasons after the Super Bowls between the two that uh, Colin Kaepernick's stats were better, but nobody's questioning whether Joe Flacco is a starting quarterback. Even if they say that oh he's not that good and he's overrated yada yada yada, 
he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback and nobody's looking at him saying he needs to be a backup or he's an average backup. You can't tell me that Ka- Kaepernick is not better than Jay Cutler. You can't tell me that Kaepernick isn't better than um, Blake Bortles or at least comparable. Huh? Look at who signed Jay Cutler. Hey, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, man. Listen, man. I like I know the Browns take the cake and a lot of dumb stuff done in the NFL, but there's a lot of teams that ain't too far from You can't tell me the the the, the Colts with uh, Jacoby Brissett, him playing all of the, all of this entire season. Even he went into the season with old buddy, I forgot his name. Oh, he was so trash. Scott Panther, Scott something, Oblowski or whatever. Scott. Yeah, like oh, they came up with some trash quarterbacks. And you telling me Kaepernick ain't better than these dudes, man? Your guy, you can teach. And- no, they they wasn't. He wasn't there to teach. They not rebuilding. They was this. They needed in their eyes. They needed a quarterback rebuilding. Who? So the Colts ain't rebuilding. No, they got Andrew Luck rebuilding for. <laughs> they just went to the playoffs a couple years ago. They went to the AFC Championship game. In two years, huh? I don't feel like he's played in two years. It's, it's been a season and a half, I feel like. But so it's been- how are they competing? The only thing about them that made them compete was Andrew Luck. See, that's my thing about it. In the NFL, there are very, very, very few quarterbacks that are game changers. That are guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, where you be like, no matter who else we have on this team, we're gearing up for a run. Okay. There are a few other guys that can make a difference to where there are guys who can make a difference where if you have the right conditions, if the stars and the moons and the planets line up and you have all the infinity stones in, 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 oh, in the uh, oh God. infinity gauntlet, something. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, the quarterbacks that I just named will never. Even if you had all of the Infinity Stones, you still gonna lose. Okay, so. Oh man, them stones pretty powerful. Yeah, but no, nah, you can have Thanos. You can have you know I don't know who you want to call, whatever. <laughs> you call whoever you want to call, man. It, it's over with. Kirk could do it though. He just hadn't had the team. Who? Kirk. Well, I'm not saying Kirk. I think Kirk is a decent, slightly above average quarterback. But I'm talking about the other guys. Like I said, the Kobe Brissett's, the um, Jay Cutler's, these guys that they tried to say, oh, he's a, you know, when when teams were out here looking, because there was a lot of hurt quarterbacks out here. Don't forget. It was. So it wasn't like there wasn't plenty of opportunities for teams to at least look at Colin Kaepernick, and they didn't. They didn't even say, oh, we're going to entertain him. We're going to give him a workout or anything like that. The closest he got was the Ravens, and he didn't get signed because of some things other than football. So, I don't want to hear that. Well, I just don't feel like he's that good to be like, we have to have this guy. He's not one of those players. And with all the stuff going on with him, it's like, well, sign him. Well, my point is that those teams tried to say that there isn't anything, quote-unquote, going on along with him. We know that there's a, um, you know, something to say about your team if you bring him in, that there's certain questions you'll get asked and all this other stuff. Might have some fans saying, I don't want my tickets, uh, all this nonsense. But if you wanted to win games, which in the NFL, I don't care how bad your team is, ain't no trust in the process, man. The Browns ain't, ain't they're not trying to press, trust the process. They was out here trying to win games. Jacksonville trust the process. No, they wasn't trying to trust any process, man. They was out here trying to win games. 
And if there was at one point where the quarterbacks in the league were trash, at least half of them, and they didn't even smell to see what Colin Kaepernick had going on with him. So I don't want to hear none of that about, uh, he ain't that good. No, no, no. It's largely because of outside of football, which is a whole another subject. But I don't think, just to bring it back to full circles, I don't think most of those quarterbacks are making it in the XFL. But if they do, let's say we entertain it and they do, then you got something. But I don't, I don't see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I think honestly, if they get three of those guys, it'll be entertaining. And I think if I had my choice, they would get three of the running ones, which would mean three of them that ain't Romo. <laughs> But it would be because I think that whenever they're hiring coaches, they need to have that Big 12, Oregon, spread them out, ball out, fast out play to separate it from the NFL. I think if you have all those things, there's no reason why that can't be a B league that people will watch because not only is the thing about it being in summertime for it not to compete with NFL, but what else are you going to watch during the summer? Yeah. The summer is so trash. I might even watch that XFL in the summer. The summer is so trash. <laughs> because like, this year we get to watch the world cup, which I kind of like soccer. Like I like playing it on the game or whatever, but watching it, not really, but I do like watching the world cup. So I'm watching the world cup. You watch that every four years, and you'll watch the Olympics every four years. But in between that, unless uh, it's Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, what else are you going to watch in the summer? So that's why I think it can see if all those things happen. Uh, yeah, um, I just don't see it succeeding. One, like I said, because I don't see those, those those quarterbacks that you mentioned playing. I think maybe one, and that's Menzel. Um I think if anybody, well, I don't think he will end up playing because you know he said they're not letting guys in with criminal past. That was another, yeah, that was another thing. But I, like you said, I thought that <laughs> I don't know if I could take what he say is is uh like I said he's pandering to the crowd that the NFL is losing. There's a lot of fans that say, oh, it's too many, you know, guys getting arrested, domestic violence, this, DUI, that, whatever. He was complaining about the whole protest and stuff. And those are two things that he pointed out saying, oh, we're not going to have guys with criminal records and we're not going to have guys with, you know, protesting and doing all this other stuff, no no politics. But, yet yeah, it's still going to have Man impression, by the way. Do it again? <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> you just did it today. <laughs> I have no clue. That's the thing about Vince McMahon. The only thing I knew about him before the XFL doc was that he was him and his family was against Stone Cold and Steve Austin. That was like the one time that I watched wrestling. <laughs> the president got hit with a stunner too once upon a time. So exactly. So that was all. <laughs> that, that was all I knew. <laughs> what they call him, the Donald? <laughs> Donald. Yeah, they did used to call him the Donald, didn't they? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my Vince. That's all I got about Vince McMahon. I, I ain't know him or something. Yeah, I ain't know much about him, but. I mean, we'll we'll see what, how it turns out. He's, what he say, twenty twenty or twenty nineteen? Twenty twenty. So they're getting two years, and things could change a lot for those guys between now and then. Yeah, well, yeah. That's another thing, man. You talking about two years from now? You think Romo gonna get back on the field? Come on, man. Come on, man. I mean, he's in great shape. He's gonna be healthy. Nah. I mean, 
I feel like out of everybody I named, Romo is the longest shot because he's making so much money and he's he was the oldest. Too. I think, and he's just like kind of ready to be a dad. What it looked like to me. I mean, he looked like a dad the whole time he played for the Cowboys. <laughs> looked like an aunt. <laughs> oh man. And I think he likes golf too much. He might start being a professional golfer or something. He's a pretty good golfer. He might do that, but you know, that's the one I'm least thinking will happen. I think the ones that will happen, I do think Tebow and RG three are the most likely to happen. I think there's something to be said about Manzel. I think by twenty twenty, Kaepernick will be retired from football. I think that RG three Huh? I said he retired now. Yeah. Involuntary. I think we'll see what happens this summer. I think if he doesn't play this upcoming season, then it's really done. But I think yeah. I think he'll get more looks around this summer than he did this year, this past season. But, um, yeah, man, we'll see. You, what else we got on the docket, man? You had some other interesting uh, topics you wanted to bring up. See, well, we're an hour and 30 minutes in, so yeah, we'll no, keep right. going. We'll give it a couple <laughs> – Couple minutes, man. Just wrap it up. Got a. Uh, all right, we can do one or both. We got Larry Nassau in the Grammys. Uh, see, Larry Nassau is. We we can say that for another time, man, because that's that's it's a lot. It's a lot that goes into that one. Um, and I want to do. A, I want to. I want to. And I want to research some more. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm about. I want to. I want to know a little bit more about what happens. But um, with the Grammys, especially since it just happened a couple of days ago. Uh, did you did you watch? Did you watch it? Um, well, me personally, I don't like shows like that because it's so subjective to say what's better and what's not because it's like kind of on preference and like you know if they were giving out awards based on who sold more or something like that. And um, I mean, it's like to me, the Grammys is like the difference between like getting a Grammy and getting a platinum plaque is like the difference between getting a ring and getting an SP. Mm. SP don't mean anything. And in my eyes, it's like shows like that, MTV Awards, they don't really mean much. I mean, like I do like whenever guys I like win stuff. But I can say, oh, well. Eminem got this mini Grammy. He's better. Like, it really don't mean nothing in my eyes. So I never watch. Um, I did have like two big points to make though. Um, dude, Cardi B has arrived. She was on the Grammys with Bruno Mars performing. <laughs> right. Like two. What, what was it? Like two years ago when she was on Love and Hip Hop. Yeah, something like that. She was on Love and Hip Hop just wanting to be heard, and now she's got to be, like, the biggest female rapper in the game right now. She's got to be. Yeah, this argument. Like, like, I know Nicki has a prestige, but Cardi's was popping right now. Like, that's what people want to hear. So, like, I just think that's crazy how she was able to do that. And then my second point was Bruno came in and dominated and he kind of was like a pseudo R&B singer. So he came in and said, I've already got this one audience. I'm going to come in and do what R&B singers do. Do it better. 
And I think it like kind of put him on another level from everybody to where he's like probably the top male musician in a lot of people's eyes in the world right now. It, it, it's, it's up there. He's up there. I mean, like me personally, I don't really care for the music. I like them two songs, but that's it. <laughs> See, it's funny because um, I always liked Bruno Mars. I thought he was pretty dope. Yeah, ever since like high school when he first came out, and he had songs like "Count on Me" and had like a feature with uh, what's his name, Bob and stuff. Um, I'll take that songs because I did like that. Song. Yeah, so I always thought he was dope. I always liked some of his features and music and stuff. Um, I didn't really listen to his albums though. I don't even know what his last album was before this, but for some reason, when this album came out, like early the last year, sometime. Um, I just was like, oh, Bruno Mars got a song out. Let me listen to it. And I actually didn't like 24, 24K Go, whatever. I didn't really like that song when it came out. I thought it was like, ah, it was all right. But I didn't really like love it or whatever. So I'm surprised I even took a listen to it because I usually don't listen to music unless it's either on the radio or I heard it first and liked it or it's an artist that I like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to like an artist. Like, I'm pretty sure if you hear Eminem came out with Revival, you're going to listen to it no matter what, right? So like, you are you gonna at least give it a, a a try, you know what I'm saying? So, I didn't like um, Bruno Mars enough to even do that. I don't even know what made me do it, but when that song, when this album came out, I was like, "Oh, Bruno Mars came out. Let me listen to it." So I listened to it. It was some wild songs. I was like, "Yo, it's like it was probably like ten, eleven songs in there." I liked like five or six of them. Um, I like finesse, finesse, like finesse started getting hot recently. I've been listening to that for for months, like literally almost a year. Uh, cause I'm, yeah, exactly. So I just, people's just now getting on that. I love that song. I love, uh, that's what I liked before it started getting popping. Um, he got some other songs. He got another the best song to me. Huh? That's what I like. That's my favorite song. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like. I think, I, uh, 24 K gold or whatever grew on me. I, I thought that was a pretty cool song. And then, um, he got another song called chunky that I like. And it was another song that I was like real soulful, um, soulful vibe. I'm like, yo, I like this whole vibe that he got on his album. So it was like five or six. Well, huh? Well, see, that's my point. It's like, this sounds so much blacker than everything else he did. Yeah. And I think he gained another audience, which put him in another level from everybody else. Kind of like where. Prince was black enough to where black people loved him, but he was not black enough to where white people loved him. Mm-hmm. Same thing. That's how I feel about him. He just, it's not as, well, I guess you would say it's not as sexual, but there's a lot of sex themes or whatever in his music too. It's a different times, so it's viewed different. Well, it's, it's I, I, when I, when I, I guess you were saying the same thing, but I'm, I'm saying soulful just because you know, I think Justin Timberlake, or what drew a lot of people to him is because he was a real soulful guy, but he made pop music too. It, it, there's a lane to make pop music, but still be soulful with it. Um, and I think he's found, he's getting in that lane, and he found a little bit of that lane that, I forgot what they called it. I was listening to some people today, and they said, called it like, not New Jack, New Jack vibe. Um, that's why he had the whole throwback 90s or 80s theme with the video for Finesse. That's why he had Cardi B on the record, because how many times is he on his song collabing with a rapper? You know what I'm saying? So I think I think that's what I'm getting at. Like, he's probably the best R and B singer on the planet 
today, but you'd have never thought that like a year and a half ago oh, about yeah. Bruno Mars. Yeah, exactly. You never thought that. Exactly. So I agree with that. I think I don't know if you, I didn't really listen to her album. I'm not gonna lie. There's some songs that I still liked that I heard on the radio or at parties or whatever. But I think SZA, if she got nominated eight times, she at least deserved or had eight nominations. She at least deserved one. <laughs> that's crazy to go for. That's going over eight is crazy, man. That's that's kind of ridiculous. She should have got at least one, and the one I think she good should have got was new artist. Exactly. The because the female who did because the female who did win it. I don't listen to pop stations. Well, I do kind of listen to it, but Danielle listens to it sometimes whenever we're riding. But so I was like, well, maybe she sings some of them songs up there. I'm like, because if she beat SZA, she's got to sing at least like two or three songs that be on that radio station all the time. So I went looking her up, and I think she's only got like one song out this year. Yeah, but she had a. She had a really big hit. I forget the name of the song. I get all these chicks, Lord and. Uh, but it was in that. like. <laughs> I I... Yeah. Huh. I think it was like 2015, 2016 when she had that big hit. Exactly. So like, she should have won last year if that's the case. Exactly, and that, and that's what a lot of people are saying. Um, should have happened. I agree. If she came out multiple years ago and had hits. She should definitely be. She shouldn't have won that award this time. Or yet, I saw something that came out that said the best new artist category isn't strictly for quote unquote new artists. Um, I think it was saying that new artists is an artist who had never been nominated for a Grammy before. I think that's what the criteria was. Um, so you could have been making tips from the NFL, huh? <laughs> exactly. So you, I guess technically she could have been making music since the 90s, but if she ain't never get a Grammy nomination, then she's a new artist, which again, I feel like Sister should have won that and maybe some other ones. It's like eight nominations. That's crazy. But it's also like this, people make a big deal about Khaled or Khalid. Man, that, song, that dude got one song. I'm sorry. He got one song. <laughs> Huh? I don't know. Like I was gonna say, I see him winning it over her. But if they both had one song, I think her one song was bigger. So, well, Alexia Cara or SZA? Cara. Oh. I'm saying between Cara and Kyle. I'm pretty sure I heard her song because I've heard her name before. I just don't remember the song off the top of my head. Um, I think it's "Stay with Me," and if it's the "Stay with Me," I'm thinking about, then. Yeah, she should have won that over Kylie, but not SZA. Yeah, yeah. And she had multiple hits. But see, that's the thing about SZA. Her hits weren't on, like, that top 40 platform like Carl was. Right. But that's the thing with the Grammys, man. It wasn't on that, that platform, and it may have not crossed over like that. But they actually, she got nominated eight times, so it made some sort of noise, one. And then two... um. They, they they ask to, to perform, you know what I'm saying? And I think the way that stuff works when they, you know when you get nominated so so, so many times and you're out here you know performing as well, you expect to win at least one of those awards. And I get I can guarantee you she expected at least one, um, just because of odds and politics and politics. At least, uh, you said what? Said I bet Danny Glover expected at least one too, huh? Well, how how many was he nominated for? I think a couple, and he was nominated for like some main ones. I want to say, I want to say Redbone was nominated for like best song or something. Yeah, I, I wanted to see Redbone win. That's still one of my favorite songs. I think 
I didn't really pay attention to pay attention to him too much when it came to music. I know he rapped a little bit. I wasn't really a big fan of some of his old songs, but that song, man, that's I think literally like people make jokes about how like <laughs> you gonna find yourself one Saturday morning cleaning up and like this is the song that you're gonna be playing for your kids to hear or whatever. Like that the, he he hit a, a rob with that one. And I don't really see myself yeah. getting tired of that. Hit- magic and that's what I like too so that's why Bruno won yeah but I agree man I, I I wasn't too big on like watching it I only kind of watched it because it was nothing else on Um, it was something to do I did I was mad I missed the Kendrick performance because I like seeing him perform I'm mad I missed him perform and um, I'm only because Dave Chappelle was there <laughs> and he won so he won like comedy album but I didn't even know he had one out I didn't even know they still did that yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, I think he threw jabs at the Grammys for a Tribe Called Quest not being nominated at one point in time. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't like, I had the volume on like half. <laughs> I wasn't really listening to it, but apparently he did. Yeah. Yeah, but I never really, like, because, like, the way that they presented the hip-hop, you would think that Kendrick Lamar, like, by and large, had the best album. And I just didn't think as a whole his album was that much better than everybody else's in terms of being a rap album. Commercially, definitely better than just about every other album out there except for maybe Jay-Z. But I'm just talking about from what I expect from rappers with bars. and It just won't the best of me. I feel like he was very creative in a lot of stuff he did. but I've I've heard that narrative a little bit about like straight bars and stuff with that album i think it w- it was one of his best works even with the lyrics if you you know for me um i like i like the whole I- enough huh i'm just saying it's not enough <clears throat> and I- it's like you get a taste of like with the eminem album that just came out i think he's like top five doa but um, that album like that's that's maybe four or five songs on it where I thought he really brought the heat where before I could expect him to bring it on every single song. That's what uh that's the that was the topic that I was waiting for you to bring up. I forgot about that one. So that's a perfect segue, man. <laughs> so this we ended on this one right here. Since you wanna uh you you try to throw that in there. Give me I actually didn't even think about it, but I'll give it to you off the top. We'll, go go ahead, give me a list since I'm pretty sure you got it. All right, top five DOA rappers, dead or alive. Well, first off, let me let me hear your criteria because I think that's important. Like, what well, you, what, when you when you when you making this list? Because some people kind of make different, uh, you know, categories and different preliminary sport and stuff like that. Like, what is your top five as far as like what do you see that as? If that makes any sense. Well, d- well, normally whenever I say top five, I do top five in whatever it is. So if I say top five rapper, I'm talking straight bars. But I know you like to do like, like, because I think I had a guy or two in there when we talked before that didn't have like almost any mainstream success, which well, was like, it's like, how can you be the best basketball player not playing the NBA? Yeah. So, so uh, every what a, this list, what a, what a, I give what a, have some kind. Personal success. What I'm saying is, I got a top five that personally, like my personal top five. Then I got a top five that I feel like, if I'm being objective, 
these are the best rappers ever. If you, if, you, if that makes any sense, you know what I'm saying? Like I got a personal top five for basketball players, but I got another top five. I'm like, yeah, I can't deny that this dude was like better than him. But for some reason, there's certain things about this other player that I like more type of thing, if that makes any sense. So well, are, you, are you going to be subjective or objective when it comes to it? And I guess I'm going to give you my top five. And they had to have had commercial success. Okay. Because Immortal Technique is like one of the best rappers I ever heard, but he's an independent rapper. So he has no mainstream success. But he's literally one of the best rappers I have ever heard. Right. And you, that's, I think that's the guy that you mentioned earlier. This, well, I'm not going to say the best storyteller in rap. One of the best storytellers in rap. Like, he's just ridiculously good. But to give you my top five, Rappers with commercial success. No particular order. Meth. Big. J. Nas and him. I'm surprised about the method, man. I, I really am. Well, I just said they had to have some commercial success, and he actually won a Grammy. But that, um, what's that, that slow joint he did back in the day? With Mary J. Bloss? Mm-hmm. He won a Grammy for that. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, I think like cause um that's kind of what took Wu Tang off whenever he won that Grammy, cause like before they was around but they weren't out there like that. But once he run, but once he won that Grammy, and like even though RZA was like the de facto leader of the group, which he won't really the leader because they were all alpha males, like so it's hard to be a leader in a group full of alpha males. But he was the de facto leader. And a lot of people kind of looked at Myth like that, but Myth was just the front man. Like, you know, in a rock band, you got the guy that sings, and, like, that's the front man. But a lot of times, that guy might not be the leader. He might be the superstar of the group or the one that people want to see, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's the leader. Right. And um, that's kind of how Myth was. But um, because, like, you know, Rizzo was the one that was actually put it all together because I want to say Meth was rapping with a different crew at the time, but um, Rizzo brought them all together and was like, hey, we can come out, we can do this. I got these beats. I got this idea to do it differently and change the game. And he brought them together. And like, it's really crazy how he was able to bring them together because Ray and Ghost had like real life beef in the streets before they started rapping together. A lot of people don't know that, but like they had like some on site beef. Mm. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't know that. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's a lot of stuff people don't know. I'm kind of like anything I like, I have to know the history of. That's why like a lot of my favorite sports teams are Like y'all giants. Hey man, we got we're we gonna see what we do in the second pick. We're gonna see. Um I actually wanted to I don't know if you know Lewis Riddick. I was really hoping he was gonna be the GM. 
um, works for ESPN right now, but we'll see. But um, all right, that's that's actually a lot really close to the list that I got. I thought you were actually gonna go left with yours, but I <laughs> those four, like with the exception of meth, though, like those four are kind of like everybody. To be honest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why uh, Eminem. Now, uh, I mean, he's in there for most people, but uh, not for me. I think my top five would be uh, definitely Big J. Um, I, I, I usually do put Nas in there just because he, you know, he had a little bit of commercial success, but the, his storytelling is is really. Uh, I'm pretty sure you heard. I gave you power, like stuff like that, man. Yeah, I, you can't you can't deny that. Um, Next two, man. Have you heard uh what's that song he did? Rewind. I have I heard of it. I haven't listened to it. I don't know why I just never listened to it, but no. Yo, that sounds good. It's like he tells a story backwards and it makes perfect sense. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard it was it was crazy. I gotta I gotta listen to it. So it's it's those definitely those three. I I, I always stumble. Because here's the thing. Huh? Definitely a homer picking three New York guys. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, homer. that's the that's, that's the birthplace of hip hop. I don't I don't know what you you know what you want me to do, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go a little bit different. I'm gonna go personal. If I'm going personal, I'm definitely putting Kanye in there. Um, and I know he is questioning about whether he actually writes some lyrics and, and stuff like that. His earlier stuff when he was actually factually writing that stuff. He made. He was never the lyrical miracle type of guy as far as lyrics, but when it comes to songwriting and producing, top notch. But he also got some lyrics in there too, man. Huh? I mean, yeah, he did have some lyrics, but I feel like the real thing about him was the combination of the two, of his producing and his lyrics. Exactly. Um, so that's that's what it did it for me. So I'm gonna put him in in there again, no particular order. And number five, man, this this can it could really be a rotation. Um, I'll give you. This is tough. It's tough because uh, I don't want to be too blasphemous, man. <laughs> I'm right now. If I'm going based off right now, I'm gonna have to put Kendrick in there. Um, yeah, I'll put Kendrick in there, just for the simple fact of this. This is personal. Like when I. This is a kind of like there's some better rappers, and here's here's the thing with me. There's some better rappers out there than these these people, but if I don't listen to their catalog enough, um, I can't just put them in there. You know what I'm saying? Like the people that I put in this list are not only good. You know, you can make an argument that Kanye don't deserve to be in there, but they're not only good. But I listen to their catalog. Huh? Kanye don't belong. Yeah, I, I mean, you could make an argument. Like uh, if you if you tell me. Yes, Eminem is a better rapper, but there's so many Eminem songs, especially when he was in his prime, that I'm just like, I don't really care for that. Like, I don't really. <laughs> Same thing with Andre 2000. Andre 2000. It's like people say, "Oh, he's one of the best rappers ever," and I listen to some of his songs. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I can't get with it. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't like it. So I was gonna put in my list, but I just felt like Myth got better bar. Same thing with Myth, like. Me like I feel like Myth can stack better than um 
well, he can ironically stack better than three stacks. <laughs> if I was if I was being a real homer, I would have said Redman because I've been I've, I've been at work at Best Buy and seen Redman just come to the store like five six times. <laughs> so that episode of MTV Cribs, he really lived it, dog. Like yeah. he's still in the hood. Yeah, exactly. So, um, if you want to talk about Homer, that's really Homer because I'm not from New York. I'm. Jersey and from yeah from Brick City so and he he's him Tretch, you know what I'm saying like those from Tretch from Naughty by Nature that that would be a real homer but nah um I think that uh guys like Eminem and Andre 3000 I just can't really get with some of their some of their uh their works even their best works I just can't get with it so I'm not going 